الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم سورة آية نمبر 40 سورة الفاطر page 735 if you are following this translation أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل أرأيتم شركاءكم الذين تدعون من دون الله أروني ماذا خلقوا من الأرض أم لهم شرك في السماوات أم آتيناهم كتابا فهم على بينة منه بل إن يعد الظالمون بعضهم بعضا إلا غرورا This ayah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaking about those who call besides Allah to supplicate, to petition, to receive news, information or to receive some kind of assistance. So here the challenge Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is throwing is the following. Say, O Muhammad do you see those partners in your minds, not in reality, those partners that you call besides Allah, do you see them as being creators? If so, then aruni madha khalaqu min al-ard then show me what they have created from the earth. If you say they are partners in divinity, then show me where their powers have been manifested. Are they manifested on earth? Or do they have a partnership in the heavens? So you have to work out the scheme of the ayah to understand the translation. So that's why it's very difficult to translate ayat like these. It's a very straightforward um, uh, translation. Yeah. Because there are so many nuances and so many implied meanings and omissions in the ayah. Anyway, this ayah will be the case study of you know, why you shouldn't translate. <laughs> it's very difficult. Qul, say, O Muhammad do you see those partners that you call besides Allah? Now, he stopped there. And say, okay, what's the next sentence? Show me what they have created from the earth. Now, those two statements don't go together. If you just translate the ayah literally, word for word. So you have to include uh, some implied meaning in between the two. You need, a cat, you need a bridge between the first statement and the second statement. Meaning, do you see them as partners in divine creation? If that is the case, then show me what they have created from the earth. That's that sentence in parentheses. Okay, that is implied. And only the translator will know this if he is skilled in understanding the Qur'an, not just the Arabic language. Am lahum shirkun, or do they have a partnership 
in being divine creators in the heavens? Do they have any influence in the heavens? That's that. So as I mentioned in the introduction, that there are ways that you will, uh, or reasons why you would supplicate the divine. One is to receive information, and the other is to receive divine assistance. So the third sentence talks about information. Am atinahum kitaban, fuhum ala minhu, or have we given them a revelation, a book, so that so they are now on evidence about whatever it is they believe in. So this ayah speaks about the Tawheed of Allah subhanahu that the divine is the divine and there is no room for shirk or association with the divine in any way, shape or form. Neither in creativity nor in knowledge nor in potency and abilities and so on. The truth is bal. The truth is, إِنْ يَعِدُ الظَّالِمُونَ بَعْضُهُمْ بَعْضٌ إِلَّا غُرُورًا That those who are unjust, they promise each other nothing except deceit. Hmm. Nothing except uh, beguile and trickery and deception, delusion and so on. So those who are wrongdoers and those who are guilty of injustice at any level, Shirk being the highest level of injustice, that if they are counterparts and rivals in shirk, or if they are now cohorts in shirk, then even there, they'll be able to promise each other nothing except an illusion or delusion and deceit and wrongdoing. So Allah subhanahu is using this universal cosmological code to uh, define his uh, abilities and his knowledge. I mean, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's abilities and knowledge allows him to be the creator uh, who creates without any prototype because the surah is al-fatir, the one who creates without a prototype. There's no one there to give him counsel in how he should create. And there's no one there to give him counsel in how he should uh, coordinate his, his Amr and manage his, his Amr, his command in the heavens and the earth. And this is how we now supplicate and petition to Allah and Allah alone through his names and through his attributes. So now, this has an application in society that usually people who are in societal roles or even the ordinary human being, they want some kind of divine assistance in the form of knowledge, information, or they want some kind of divine assistance in the form of just uh, facilitating life, meaning the physical means. So in that case, you resort to Al-Fatir also, the one who creates without a prototype, meaning Allah can create anything for you without a precedent. So is there precedent for this situation? So now you, sometimes you will find precedence, and sometimes you won't. So if you feel your situation is unique, which everyone feels, we all feel our situation is unique. The Muslims of America feel they're unique, because somehow they're isolated from the rest of the world. 
You have a unique situation in the U.S. No, you don't. You've been there, done that before, a million times before. But if you feel that your situation is unique and there's no precedent, then seek the madad and the help from al-fatir, the one who creates without a prototype. And the one who creates with a prototype, also the khaliq, that he creates with and without a prototype. So here we see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bringing this to the level of uh, ordinary human beings that in their supplication and petition, petition to God and to the Almighty, they're able to supplicate and petition to uh, the one who doesn't need a precedent or a prototype to help them and to assist them and so on. Okay. If you go that way, then Allah will help you. And if you don't go that way, then you may be guilty of uh, this injustice that the Quran speaks of. An injustice in discretion. Right? So there are many forms of injustices. Shirk, as I said, is the highest form of injustice in the shirk al and azim Everything else falls underneath that. So now there are other forms of shirk that are hidden and latent and potent and potential forms of shirk that is all mentioned in this ayah. And that in order to, to be able to do this, you need information, you need knowledge, and you need a proof. The proof then is in how you behave with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُمْسِكُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what does he do? Allah is the one who holds and stops and prevents the heavens and the earth from uh, passing, from disappearing. So we see here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created the heavens and the earth. There's a canopy, there's a roof, and there's the earth. And in this great edifice that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has designed, there is a very good probability that it could move this way and that way. And number one, number two, it could just disappear. Allah doesn't do that. Allah is the one who keeps everything together. So he maintains the system of the heavens and the earth despite human inaction and action. Well, that's the key. That no, no matter what human beings do, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prevents the heavens and the earth from falling and from passing and from moving and all of that. Hmm. And if they were to pass, if they were to move, and if they were to fail, then who is there besides Allah who is going to stop this from happening? There's no one there. And Allah decides uh, today or tomorrow that this is it, Qiyamah will come. Then there's no one to stop him from doing that. Innahu kan halimun ghafura, which is the meat and uh, the, uh, the, the crux of the issue here. Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is most forbearing and clement. His clemency is there, his tolerance is there. That it is the tolerance of the divine that keeps the heavens and earth in motion 
that keeps the heaven and earth from caving in, from uh, the heaven and earth, uh, you know, being in total ruins and um, a total collapse of the system. Yeah. So the systems of the heavens and the earth, they have a protocol, and they work with Allah's command, and this command is usually guided by actions of the human being. If human beings behave properly, the heaven, heavens and the earth also run properly. That is known through the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. That's also wahi, revelation. <coughs> wahi, there is two types, matlu and ghair matlu. Recited and non-recited. So we use both types to understand wahi. You can't understand wahi without using both types, the sunnah and the Qur'an. So if there's an explanation of certain phenomenon in the sunnah, then we must apply that in the understanding of the ayat and the verses of the Qur'an also because both are forms of wahi to the Prophet ﷺ. So if you sit there with translation of the Qur'an and you go through the translation, you sit through the Qur'an and nothing except the Qur'an, you will not understand the Qur'an. Is not possible academically. Is not possible. It's the most unscientific thing you could do. Uh, you just have the Quran. Thus, I'm going to understand the Quran through the Quran, which is no doubt a principle that the Quran explains itself. But the other principle is that the Sunnah is a total explanation of the Quran. Yeah. Therefore, you must also bring the Sunnah into the equation, bring the sunnah into discussion of the Qur'an. The Qur'an is not independent of the sunnah, nor is the sunnah independent of the Qur'an, because both are forms of wahi to the Prophet So now, what I just mentioned about the heavens and the earth being guided by human action is mentioned thoroughly in the sunnah. Time and time again, the Prophet expressed this idea and this phenomenon that it is human behavior that will decide whether or not the earth is now worthy of being inhabited by human beings. That's number one. Number two, we had an ayah previous to this in Surah Al-Rum where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions very explicitly this phenomenon that corruption and commotion has spread and become apparent on earth because of what human beings have earned because of their actions so the actions of human beings cause corruption on earth and facade and turmoil so that is explicit in uh, our understanding that the divine in his order of managing the heavens and the earth has a system, there's a protocol. That protocol depends on the behavior of human beings. So you can say that the people who say that there's climate change and the climate change has been enacted by human action 
we would argue, right? It's not the actions of birds or animals that has caused the climate to change. What has caused the climate to change? Human action, greed, uh, industry, whatever, the industrial revolution is the culprit, right? So this also says that we must appreciate that human beings are responsible for the welfare of the heavens and the earth. So this ayah is saying that Allah is the one who then overrides that order through his hilm, through his clemency, through his tolerance, that he doesn't allow the non-order and the misgivings of human beings to destroy and destruct the heavens and the earth. He's given us more time. He's given us respite. Mm. In that I in Surah Al-Rum, which I just mentioned, Allah then says, so that uh, they may taste, get a taste of what they did. And so that they may return to the right path. So now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, through his hilm, is now stopping the heavens and the earth from uh, ceasing to exist and from being totally destroyed. This is a sign of Allah's tolerance and Allah's clemency. Ghafura, he is very forgiving. Um, so the more you think about this ayah, the more it, it resonates with us, the more it appeals to our lives our community, our society today, the more it appeals to what is happening in the world, that uh, a few human beings are destroying the earth piece by piece, systematically. And we have to make some kind of uh, effort to counter that. And the best way is to follow Islam, follow Sharia, follow the Sunnah of the Prophet That will be a beginning. The second, obviously, that there must be dialogue and negotiations to this effect also at every level, whether it's at the collective international level or whether it's the local level, we must do what it takes in order to make sure the heavens and the earth don't collapse and cave in. This will be a sign that we also part of Allah's clemency and Allah's ability to um, you know, um, stop um, bringing down the adab that ultimately is coming. The other being the day of judgment. Mm. Allah says about the earthquake on the day of judgment, Allah's punishment is severe. So that global earthquake is a punishment from God. And the punishment is because of human action, right? Not because the human beings are nice. Yeah. So, Again, the, the human element in the, 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 the cosmos is of great value to the reader of the Qur'an. So the reader of the Qur'an is immediately thrown into the cosmological discussion that you're part of this universe, you're part of the cosmos, you're part of this uh, universality that Allah subhanahu wants you to be part of. You are not independent uh, and you're not isolated. So human beings, when they become selfish and they become isolated, they don't think of the repercussions around them. And this is the point of these ayat also. 
وَأَقْسَمُوا بِاللَّهِ جَهْدَ أَيْمَانِهِمْ لَإِنْ جَاءَهُمْ نَذِيرٌ لَيَكُونُنَّ أَهْدَى مِنْ إِحْدَى الْأُمَمِ And those people who do not believe in Allah's signs and His evidences, they swear in Allah, with Allah. They swear by God, جَهْدَ أَيْمَانِهِمْ With their utmost, that if a warner came to them, then they will be the most guided from all the other communities. Meaning if there is a clear divine sign that they are on the wrong path and the right path is this, then they will be rightly guided by. This is basically a selfish arrogance that human beings unfortunately harbor and they express time and time again in different ways and in different words. So this is the, the theme of the dialogue or the conversations human beings carry on with each other. Uh, but uh, the point is this. Um, so in our communities and in our conversations with people and also what you hear in the press and what you hear on the news and what you hear in society today is this, um, that there is this lamenting of not uh, being properly guided. Um, that we need guidance where guidance is in front of them all the time. But they don't want to see that guidance because it doesn't appeal to them and it, it does not resonate to their sense of duty and so on. But uh, at this point in the discussion, we see that guidance always comes to every human being in some way, shape or form, which is what the next, ayah, next part of the ayah is saying. فَلَمَّا جَاهُمْ نَذِيرٌ مَا زَادَهُمْ إِلَّا نُفُورًا So when guidance and warner does come to them, that only increases them in aversion, in running away from the guidance. So Allah and God will tell them that you can't do this and I won't let you do this. And when they fall flat on their faces, in a very stubborn way, they say, let's go back to the drawing board. They don't go back to Allah. They go back to the drawing board. Okay, maybe let's rethink this. Right. A hurricane comes. Let's talk about FEMA insurance. They don't say, let's get our act together. That's never in the discussion. Unless some... Um, crooked priest says, you've been punished for whatever. Right? That also happens now and then. That crooked priest is the warner. He's the one warning people. Hey, shape up. Your actions influence the weather in different ways. Not just through pollution, but the pollution of your actions. Yeah. There's pollution through chemicals, and there's pollution through human behavior. Human behavior has a pollution also. That affects the weather also. And that affects the divine system also. That's an order in the heavens and the earth. So when warners come, when a warner comes, they increased only in aversion. They run away from the truth and they go back to where they were 10 years ago. 20 years ago, 50 years ago, let's rethink this. 
let's have better infrastructure and sturdier buildings and this and that and whatever, which is fine. I mean, you have to do that. At the same time, there is another level and another layer of understanding the cosmos. And this is that understanding, that if you remain superficial and artificial, another hurricane, God forbid, might come and might do something that uh, the first one didn't do. Allah say was so protect us all. Istikbarun fil ard wa makr And there are two reasons why people resort to this aversion. One is istikbarun fil ard that they are arrogant on earth. They seek arrogance on earth because they want to remain this uh, holier than thou and mightier than God. We can do this. We can survive anything. Right. And the second is that they, they, they want to scheme and plot evil. They don't want people to resort to God and they don't want people to resort to spirituality and they don't want people to say it's our morals that are affecting the climate and this and that. So this is that evil plotting. This also happens all the time, although some of us may not want to acknowledge that just yet. <laughs> It doesn't lend us uh, uh, very well in mainstream American narrative at the moment, but there you go. But this is what the Quran is saying, and the Quran is revelation. Yeah. The Quran reveals the truth, and this is the truth. Mm. And the truth is that the evil plotting uh, will affect no one except the people who plot. Yeah, meaning evil, evil plotting will cause evil only on those who scheme and plot the evil in the first place. Say so it's a vicious circle, and the circle goes back to those who are guilty of evil scheming and evil plotting. This obviously is referring to the leadership, and that the leadership needs to take care uh, of the affairs of human beings not only their physical well-being, but also their ethical, moral, and spiritual well-being. But this is very, very far. We are very far from this truth at this point in human history. So are they expecting and waiting for anything except the, the, um, the tradition yeah and the, the, the affairs of the people who came before, the earlier generations. Okay. They went through certain historical facts. Okay. Now there's a cycle in history. So the people who came before, they were destroyed. Allah destroyed them. That's the way the sunnah of Allah works. Okay. In the Quran, when the word sunnatullah is used, is usually referring to the destruction of civilizations. So you will never find in the sunnah of Allah any change, and you will never find in the sunnah of Allah uh, any alteration, any deviate any diversion, tahwil. Yeah. Tahwil is a diversion. 
meaning in the sunnah of Allah, the way Allah works meaning in human history. Sunnah Allah here refers to the phenomenon that is human history. In human history, when man came to earth, history has a sunnah, a tradition. And that tradition is mentioned in the Quran that when people resort to an extensive and over-engaging, indulgent, uh, affluent, luxurious lifestyle, the cities are destroyed. That's the sunnah of Allah. Right. Yeah. It's mentioned in Surah Al-Isra and so on. Um, this is one sunnah. <coughs> the other sunnah is when uh, people <coughs> perpetuate zulm and injustice on their citizens, they are destroyed. That's another sunnah of Allah. So what I'm saying is the word sunnah Allah in the Quran refers to the ways in which Allah destroys people and nations. It's in a negative connotation. It's not in a positive connotation. You have to be careful. Where Sunnah the Rasul is the opposite. When you say Sunnah the Rasul, it is about constructive behavior. Right? Sunnah of the Rasul is about constructive behavior. You follow this, Allah will reward you. Allah will give you peaceful life and security and guidance and so on. Whereas the Sunnah of Allah is a reflection of his destructive abilities and powers. Hmm. So now in the Quran, there are so many principles that we can bring out to show this is the way, or this is one of the many reasons why people are destroyed. I've mentioned two, and there are many others. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here says, that people who plot evil all the time and they stop others from coming into goodness and into a moral behavior, if they succeed, they will destroy human beings. And Allah will allow that to happen. <coughs> I mean, at that time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's hilm and clemency will not be part of the equation. Allah will allow that to happen and the nation will be destroyed. Right. So that is how we see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's sunnah being played out. Therefore, there has to be a counter movement against those schemers and plotters who scheme and plot evil. Then we have to protect the earth from being destroyed, from these hooligans, right. these vandals, who have nothing except evil in their minds and in their hearts. So this is what is meant by Are they anticipating anything except the sunnah of those who fell before them? And in that case, if they are waiting for that, then there will be no change in the sunnah of Allah. Allah will work and operate the way he has always worked and operated. He won't change the rules because they are this color and this race and this ethnic, uh, from this ethnic background, or they speak this language. It doesn't work. In that scenario, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is indiscriminate. So this is the warning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given. And then, although this is based on a prototype, but the actual rule is not. If you want to get into that discussion, if we don't. 
أَوَلَمْ يَسِيرُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ وَيَنْظُرُوا كَيْفَ كَانَ عَاقِبَةُ الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ وَكَانُوا أَشَدَّ مِنْهُمْ قُوَّةٍ And if you don't believe us, the Qur'an is saying, have they not traveled the earth? And then have they not seen how was the eventual fate of those before them? Those who came before us in the world, all these great civilizations, وَكَانُوا أَشَدَّ مِنْهُمْ قُوَّةٍ they were much more severe in power than they are. They were much more powerful. They were much more um, affluent. And they had a much better lifestyle than we can imagine. These great civilizations whose ruins we see dotted, dotted across the earth. Wherever you go, you want to see a historical place on the site, you can go and see the ruins. The leftovers of that civilization. One is to marvel at the civilization, and the other is to lament at the falling of that civilization. Depends which perspective you're looking at. Oh, these are the great pyramids. Oh, wonderful construction. That's one way to look at it. What's the other way? You feel sorry. They're gone. They're destroyed. There's nothing left. They're in their graves, in their tombs, whatever. And we are left here to pick up the pieces. So here the Quran is saying, do they not travel? And the answer is yes. Even the Bedouin Arab traveled from one place to another. And the Arabs, when they went in their caravans, they saw these cities that were previously occupied and frequented being destroyed. So the Quran is now appealing to the human sense of observation and seeing that when you observe these people, that they were once a great people, now they are nothing, then that is the sunnah of the awwaleen. That is the tradition and the, the, the methodology of how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dealt with these people. And the same fate can happen to you if you're not careful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not to be rendered handicapped because of anything in the heavens or the earth. Nothing overwhelms Allah. Nothing overcomes Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all capable. Nothing renders him incapable in the heavens or the earth. He can do what he wants at any time. Innahu kan aliman qadira. Indeed, his knowledge is comprehensive and indeed he is omnipotent qadir. He is capable and able to do anything at will. What's in our favor is his hilm, his clemency, his tolerance. But they, that may not last too long if you're going to wait for the day of judgment. So that meaning that human beings and Muslims must participate in the preservation of the heavens and the earth. And the first way to do that is to get our act together, get our actions together and become part of the sirat al-mustaqeem that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has laid out for us through the Qur'an and Sunnah, and then to negotiate and to inform others of the same. That is the way in which we will preserve the planet. That's our green treaty. We have other forms of greenness in the world. This is our green treaty. Actions. Iman, actions, and then dialogue. The dialogue is not without actions. You have to be on the right path yourself first. 
before you can tell others to be on the right path. This is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warning human beings that he doesn't need an excuse in order to keep the heavens and earth together. But if there's an excuse to destroy the heavens and the earth, he will do so. Which is what mentioned in the next ayah, the final ayah of the surah. وَلَوْ يُعَاخِذُ اللَّهُ النَّاسِ بِمَا كَسَبُوا مَا تَرَكَ عَلَىٰ ظَهْرِهَا مِنْ And if Allah was to capture and seize and punish people for what they earn and what they do, he would not leave a single creature on the earth. This is Allah's warning. That if Allah was to bring judgment day here on earth, he would not spare a creature, an insect, a fly, dab, meaning he would have full uh, justification in punishing everything that lives because of the human behavior, because of what they earn. Uh, they have volition, and through their volition they earn this kasb. They earn these actions, and then through their actions they cause corruption, disruption, chaos in the world, on earth, and they simply do not see or forecast the repercussions of their own actions on their surroundings, on their family members, on other people, on the whole world. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, if he was to do this, lo, he won't do this. If he was to do this, then he would be justified in doing this. Yeah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a supreme creator and supreme maker. And uh, he, he does warn us all the time that this is something he could do. In the hadith of the Prophet وسلم, the Prophet said, sometimes you are given rain because of your animals. It is because of the animals that rain comes down. Not human beings, not even the children. Maybe because of children, Allah will have mercy. No. They're in the company of their parents. They're under the jurisdiction of their parents. So the hadith says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends down rain for you because of the animals. Because the animals are Allah's creation and they have no participation in the volition of human beings, in the actions of human beings. They are spared and then this mercy of rain comes down because of the animals. Now you can see how, how, how severe and grave this uh, situation is that we need to, uh, some of us are, alhamdulillah, that others who are not, maybe we should help them remove their heads from the sand. Where are you going? Which way are you going? You're not going anywhere. So we have to do, do that, participate. And that's in dialogue. There should be a dialogue in helping each other. That we enjoin each other towards the haqq and the truth and enjoin each other towards patience and perseverance and so on. So this ayah is saying that he would not have spared a single creature on its back. Meaning the back of the earth. No creature would be allowed to live and exist if Allah was to capture and seize and punish people for their actions. This is a sign of Allah's clemency, his hilm, and his kufran, his forgiveness. 
ولكن يؤخرهم الى اجل مسمى but rather he delays them yeah, towards another term an appointed fixed term he's given them respite he's given them time to make, come back and to make toba and then in that hope the heavens and earth continue to work when that time expires and the divine decides that there is no room for toba and the doors of toba will be permanently closed when the sun rises from the west mm. then qiyamah will come and that is upon the worst of people yeah. and when their time and their term comes then indeed allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be observing and seeing and looking at his servants he will know what they are doing and what they are not doing he will be in con- complete control of all the affairs of that time this is the last time this ajal here the term in the last part of the ayah this term is the term of qiyamah and the day of judgment so when that time comes then he will be there watching and uh, observing and guarding everything that is there to observe and to guard So in this surah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the uh, theme of al-fatir the one who creates without a prototype and then at the end he gives us a prototype to save the earth wow. so there is a prototype and then there's a, Allah is the one who creates without a prototype but for human beings since they are not the fatir they're not the one who creates this way they are given away in a method that follows precedence so that's not the sunnah right? you have a sunnah which is a precedent you following the precedent and that's how you get to uh, the idea of following others you know, if you follow this law and order or this order then this is what's going to happen and if you follow this order this is what's going to happen yeah. so both orders the order of uh, obedience is one order that is that is premised on a precedent that precedent is nabuwa and a nabi in our case muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and if you now follow the other order the order of evil that's also on a precedent and that is the precedent of those people who are evil so you follow their footsteps right so from al-fatir is the one who creates originally and without any prototype as in opposition to that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created precedents for human beings to follow one precedent will lead towards goodness and the other precedent will lead towards evil and it's up to the human being to decide which sunnah to follow with methodology to follow and which approach to follow in this sense then you will get to the conclusion of the surah which is that a time will come when there will be no more room for following anything period that time will come and when that comes we seek Allah's refuge in his forgiveness and in his pardon we make dua Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows us to recite the quran and to understand the quran and then to act upon it amin ya rabbal alamin wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khawqi muhammadin wa ali wa sahbihi ajma'in Yeah, I'm not